Jude chapter 5. If you want to hold your finger, I'm going to be over in Deuteronomy, probably first Deuteronomy 4, if you want to hold your finger, and Jude, and then we will, let's have a word of prayer, and we will begin. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you do uh, answer prayer. We thank you for watch care. We thank you for ministry opportunities. Help us to take advantage of those this week as you bring them our way. May we be uh, lighthouses for you. I pray, Lord, in our message tonight, as we look into your word, as we consider the apostates, the traitors in the church, that we will be aware that we will not fall prey to them ourselves and that we will stick in the book and we'll be people of the book. And so, Lord, just help me this evening. Forgive me of sin. Empty me of self. And please, fill me with your spirit. I ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Yeah, we've adventured forth in this book of Jude. It's uh, someone who's called it almost a, a postcard rather than a epistle. It's sort of like a diatribe. He gives a diatribe against the false teachers. Now, what is a diatribe? Webster says a diatribe is a thunderous verbal attack. It's we would call it today. I come. I came unglued, or I just let go of myself. Or something like that. We, a diatribe against something. This is a warning against traitors. Now, this is not T-R-A-D-E-R-S, traitors. This is like traitors, T-R-A-I-T-O-R-S, in the church. Traitors in the church. So we've been learning that these traitors are apostates. Apostate is someone who has likely espoused or given verbal assent to Christianity, likely, or some other thing, most like Christianity in this case, but they have fallen away from that and they no longer teach what is true. So every apostate is an unbeliever, but every unbeliever is not apostate because every unbeliever has not fallen back from Christianity or has not espoused Christianity whatsoever. So apostate would be false teachers who have come into the church to try to to rest, to, to wrangle, to get people to follow them, to keep people from getting saved, etc., to disrupt. Uh, we find then that the, the church is not immune to that. Now, I think our church here at Little Sandy, we have, uh, we don't have, it's not a large problem, we don't want it to become one. But by the same token, we don't want to be naive to suggest that we are immune to apostasy. It's easy to start, if you start reading the wrong books, the wrong author, the, the wrong, listening to the wrong shows on TV, you can get kind of confused. If you read the Apocrypha and start thinking that it's just on the same level as the Scriptures, then you might easily get confused because the Apocrypha, which we'll mention in a few moments, is not, uh, it has some mistakes historically and scripturally, etc., theologically. And so we find we are to stick with this. This is the surefire way to stick with the Word. If you put, keep your mind in God's Word, that will help us not to be caught up in, in this apostasy. Now, as I get older, and Mr. Womack t- ties right in, leads right into it, my memory is getting less than it. And I forgot to pay one of the bills this week, and I discovered it on the day it was due. You know, I thought for sure I sent that. You know, I didn't send that bill. So I had to call and pay it, all, pay it over the phone, which cost me an extra $5 just to pay it on the phone because I had forgotten. To, and maybe perhaps as you get older, you like that as well. But we're not to forget, I think probably worse than that is the amnesia in the body of Christ if we're not careful the reason it's so dangerous is that those who forget the mistakes of the past are usually condemned to repeat them. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 9, we find to God's people, Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 9, it says for us here, if you're following along, it says for us, <laughs> only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them 
thy sons, but teach thy sons and thy sons' sons, specially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God at Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. So we are to teach our children. They were to teach their children. They'd remember all things that God had done for them. Did they have a short memory sometimes? Israel, oh my goodness, do you have a short memory sometimes when it comes to what God has done for you? Yes, indeed, you do. I can correct our cats, and I'm telling you, five seconds later, she, a cat in our house is doing the very same thing I just told that cat to not do. She has no remembrance. She's done nothing wrong in her eyes, and so she cares to ignore me. I think cats are perhaps the greatest entities at ignoring Others. Perhaps you don't. I know Mr. 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 Bud has one. Uh, Gabriel, right? Gabriel has one that he really, uh, and Gabriel does not ignore Mr. Womack, I don't think, unless it's prudent for him to do so. We find then that, that we're not to let it slip back over to our Jude chapter 1, 2, 3, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Jude chapter 5, actually. Jude chapter 1, verse 5. But I will therefore put you in remembrance. I would ask you to remember these things. Most people in my age know the importance of reminders. We have reminders. We might have a sticky note. We, don't, we may have photographic memory, someone has said, but we're out of film. Or perhaps for the sake of the younger people who do not know what film is, we've lost our memory card or our hard drive has simply crashed. That would help you. That's what happens when we get old. I know none of you are there, but that's what happens. How do we keep? We have little electronic beeps. On our computers, we have a little thing that comes up. I have uh, used Outlook at our, where I work, and 15 minutes before the meeting crashes, meeting in 15 minutes. And you can either snooze or you can dismiss it. I hit snooze, and five minutes, meeting five minutes. And it's kind of helpful, I will say, because you get involved with something. Oh, I got a Zoom meeting, and I got I to get on Zooms and get ready to go into the little waiting room, and they'll let me in, and I can talk to people. It's, it's a helpful tool. We, some people have administrative assistants to jog their memories. Most Sometimes we have wives that help us do that as well. We have a lot of ways to do that. We have the team-up calendar. And everything I do at work, I have to put on the team-up calendar so everybody knows what I'm doing and what everybody else is doing, etc. cetera. have got so many people, I can't put them all on the calendar. So I just pick and choose the two or three I want to know what they're doing. The rest, have a, have a good day, but I'm not here to know what they're doing necessarily. I pray that we'll, we'll allow the... Old Testament scriptures to remind us of things in the past. So I'm going to read now for our text and help us to remember where we are and set the context because the context, uh, I see the text without a context can be a pretext for a proof text. So we want to know what we're talking about here. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James to them that are sanctified by the God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called mercy unto you and grace or peace and love be multiplied Beloved, when I gave you all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. He wanted to write about salvation. The Spirit led him elsewhere. For there are certain men crept in. He doesn't even waste time. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, is where we're starting, verse 5, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believe not. Traitors, take notice. 
And the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation, he hath reserved an everlasting change under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Traitors, take notice. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Traitors, take notice. Likewise also, these filthy dreamers, that would be the traitors, the apostates, defile themselves, or defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending for the body, uh, contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. But these, these false teachers, the apostates, speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally is brute beasts, and those things, they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them. For they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. May the Lord raise blessing to the reading of his word. That verse 11, how important it is that you know the Bible to get any kind of benefit from that singular verse. If you don't know a motor from a transmission to a brake pad from the difference in those, you're not going to understand how to put your car together, are you? You must have had some experience. That's why it's so important, because you might put the transmission inside and put the steering wheel on the bottom. I saw a truck over here on two, and if you saw a truck that ran up against a tree, I don't, oh my goodness, he had to tear the bottom out of his truck somehow, and he's still sitting there up against the tree up there like that. He hit the big Big, uh, we won't call that, we call it a ditch. Hit the ditch and boom, boom. Was that someone here? Was that your truck, Mr. Burns? Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, you know, it's good to laugh. Laughing is just, it just it takes so much fewer muscles in your face to laugh. Because frowning, think about it. It takes so many muscles. Laughing just comes, just comes natural. Right? It's like a smile, big smile on the face. We find this is really a historical passage. It goes all the way back to Genesis. And if you go back to, they were con, uh, about verse uh, 4 there, about how they were ordained from old, might even go back prior to Genesis. But you will stick, certainly goes all the way back to Genesis. Familiar, now, the original audience of Jude familiar with these stories. Christians today are probably less familiar. I'm telling you, people, you ask people, what's the gain saying? Who's Korah in the Old Testament? Ah, uh, hmm, Korah, Korah. Was he in some singing group? No. So we, we need to know. What, what did Korah do that was wrong? Cain. I know Cain. He was uh, Adam and Eve's son. Yes. You need to know these things. When your grandchildren ask you, you need, well, the Bible says, there you go. You start, the Bible says this. And here's where we find it. And turn in your Bibles to, I'm not expecting you to know everything at once. We, I'm, how little I know after all these years I've been studying, but it doesn't mean you just throw in the towel. Oh man, it's just, it's just beyond me. Have you ever been like overwhelmed at a job? It's like the learning curve you're going to have to do in the next month is so big you can hardly. I don't even want to start that at this this stage of my life. But to do, I, and, uh, but we take off little bites at a time. The journey of the Lord is not a sprint; it's a marathon. And so we keep plugging along. We keep serving, we keep learning, and God will take, as we obey him, he will teach us, and then we can teach others. That's the purpose for you to learn, right? Yes, teach us so we can teach others. Mrs. McClure was telling me it's okay to say, but her daughter's going into beauty school to become a beauty teacher. 
But perhaps when she's done, she can teach me how to become beautiful. But that's not the, the whole purpose is how to cut hair. I don't have to go to those anymore either. Uh, but how to cut and make people look better than they were when they came in. So she's going to be teaching hairdressers. So the, we teach, we learn to teach others. Message of Jude then seems bent on communicating this. Those who get involved in apostasy, your judgment is certain. Just look at the verses You'll see that, first of all, based on historical precedent, apostates face certain judgment for their unbelief and their immorality. Unbelief and immorality. Yeah, but to look at the, the denominations across America, and you'll see many have given up the fight against apostasy. Why do they tolerate such things in their church? Well, now some, I think, stay in apostate denominations because they're undercover missionaries, perhaps. Perhaps many don't may stay because it's easier than leaving. I'm telling you, the hardest thing is to do often what God wants you to do. The easiest thing is the, the path of least resistance, right? That's why your blood flows. If you get, a, I guess, if you get something in your artery and, and the blood can't flow there, it's going to go somewhere where it's easy to go. Yes. Hopefully it sticks to another artery or vein. But we, we often, we, we, if we're not careful, just, just make a general statement, we might take the easier road. What's comfortable? People stay in churches because I like this church. I'm never convicted in this church and I'm, I'm really comfortable here. Then you need to go to another one because you should be going to a church where sometimes your toes get mashed. Not just stepped on. They get, and the Holy Spirit. Now, you don't have to go to church, but God has called us to be a part of a local church family. That's how you use your gifts. When we had the, when the things at home, you can do the thing at home. And you can sit at home and watch TV. It's not the same as being among God's people and learning and growing and serving and helping. So based on historical precedent, they're going to face certain judgment for uh, unbelief and immorality. Example number one is verse five. The Israelites were destroyed. I will therefore put you in remembrance that though you knew that once you knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. Perhaps the Jews considered this the greatest of all events, the leaving of Egypt and the parting of the Red Sea. But do you know that there were the, the naysayers before the sea even parted? Do you know that they said, Moses? Why have you brought us here to die? The sea hadn't even parted yet. Pharaoh's a coming. Why did this, if we were just back into Egypt? And sometimes we, we should not be wanting that. We should take, if God has led us, he will guide us. And, and so they crossed the Red Sea. And just a year later, they're encamped at Mount Sinai, received the Ten Commandments. And they were welded into a nation of survivors, if you would. And they traveled to the very doorstep of Kadesh Barnea, the very doorstep of the Promised Land. They send out 12, and the 12 come back, and 10 say, don't go, don't go. Giants in the land, giants in the land. Two big Gs, giants and grasshoppers. The giants were the bad guys, the grasshoppers were them. In, our, in, our, in, our, in their sight, we're just but grasshoppers. And perhaps they were a basketball, maybe they're all basketball players. I don't know. Were, I've been watching videos of that guy who plays for uh, San Antonio, the Webby, whatever his name is. Seven foot three, but man, he can, behind his back, he's just amazingly agile for seven foot three. Joshua says, I'm going to give you a third G, and that is God Himself. If he's called us, he will deliver us and choose you this day. And as you well know, bad choice. We don't want to go. 
We're going to believe the 10, not the two. And they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And those that said no, by the end of 40 years, they weren't going through. And God overthrew them. It wasn't a fit of anger. It was more like the last straw. Have you ever had the last straw happen to you? I had children. My children sometimes, when, I won't say I got a Marge's last nerve, but they had a last straw. The last straw. That's just it. It's like we've been reading in the Minor Prophets, of which Amos is one, for three things, J for four. I'm going to bring this upon you. You've gone over the edge. It's coming. And if you do that, I'm going to spank you. He does it. Okay, you do that again, I'm going to spank you. You do that one more time, I'm going to spank you. You do that three more times, I'm going to spank you. And after ten times, whoa, I can't go any further. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, see, that's setting yourself up to have to go through all that every time. Find them that they were, it was not a fit of anger. It was like the last straw. Again, again, they tested God. Again and again, he forgave them. Again and again, you've tested God. Again and again, he's forgiven you and me. He's a wonderful God, is he not? But God cannot delay his judgment forever. Forever. I believe we've already started judgment in America. Started it. When you have 27 million incidences of child abuse and sexual abuse through meta alone, this is not pornography. This is just 27, it's, my, worse than, it's not just the pornography, it's 27 million hits on child abuse just for that singular thing, let alone all the millions and millions of things and bill, yay, billions of pornographic things on the internet. Well, see, God wouldn't only wait so long, and what was true 3,500 years ago is true in 2024. Example one, the ancient Israelites were destroyed. Traitors, apostates, beware. Two, evil angels were incarcerated. Verse six, the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains in the darkness until the judgment of the great day. Now, what in the world is he talking about? Now, you could tell me what he's talking about because if you've been here the last three Sunday mornings, this is what we've been talking about. This very thing, the angels that sin. The angels, I believe, that got involved with human women, the sons of God there. There are only three created order things that are called the sons of God, direct creations, the angels, Adam, and believers. Now are we called the sons of God. As you well know, all the angels originally were holy, I believe, and personally, day one or two of creation week, I believe they're created, that's my personal viewpoint. And all the choices of one was Lucifer. Lucifer chose to try to exalt his throne above God. Very bad plan. He, he tried to do a coup, failed miserably. A third of the angels followed him in his terrible, terrible rebellion against God. As far as I know, the angels had but one opportunity. They had that one opportunity, either follow Lucifer or stay holy. And whatever he chose to do, that was your permanent assignment. So the holy angels will remain holy forever, and the unholy angels will remain unholy forever in time of suffering. Can you imagine, how about you and I, had we been, just one time, one time you disobey me, it's all over. Aren't you glad we have a God of grace and mercy and love who allows U-turns? He allows U-turns. And matter of fact, I think he smiles at U-turns. 
when people get right with Him and do what He would have them to do. Evil angels or demons uh, uh, we, or devils in our, in our authorized version uh, are Satan's servants today. We've covered all that. And so they had such, did such despicable things that before the flood, the, the things were going so bad that everything was wicked and God, you know, I'm, as repents me, I've made man, I'm going to just wipe them off the earth except for Noah who found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So he does that. It was a terrible thing. So if God judges the apostate angels so harshly and puts them in prison because of their going after strange flesh, traitors in the church, watch out. Your apostates, your judgment's coming. Thirdly, the third example is verse 7. Sodom and Gomorrah were wiped out, along with two other cities. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. In like manner, but the perversion of Sodom and Gomorrah has a parallel with what the angels did before the flood. That's the, that's the holy end, 19 of Genesis, 6 of Genesis. What the angels did was wrong. What the men of Sodom were doing was wrong. And there's that parallel. They were going contrary to God's design. Jews' conclusion is this themselves says, uh, where they have followed it, they giving themselves over to fornication. It's a choice. Choice. God has designed this for purity. And I like this little illustration. It's like your car. It's designed for a special kind of fuel. Most cars are run on gasoline, normal gasoline, but there are other kinds of fuels out there. If you put diesel gasoline, diesel fuel in your gasoline engine, it makes quite the mess. My wife's company had some time ago, uh, and this guy who did that's been outsourced. His job's been outsourced. The guy that put the diesel in the gas motor or vice versa. And so I really don't even know his name. So uh, anyway, he's been outsourced. If, if you have the special X8 E85 biofuel, you might put it in your engine. It might run for a little while. But see, the whole the thing is this physical intimacy is wonderful. It's not wrong. It is just designed to operate on one fuel, marriage, one man, one woman. That's how it works. You try the diesel, the economy, the, the corn fuel, whatever. It doesn't work exactly right. Some of them are going to destroy things, but you put the gas in the gas motor and boom, off you go. It's amazing how that works. It will just follow God's design. The religious apostates across our nation have surrendered their commitment to biblical authority the issue of human sexuality, they've surrendered that and they've caved in. Matter of fact, we want to understand one of the very primary promoters of the homosexual lobby is the mainline Protestant denominations. One of the foundation of the abortion industry are the mainline Protestant denominations who will not speak out. The National Council of Churches who will not speak out against the wrong. Just one I was reading, I was reading through some of them. The Evangelical Lutheran Church says abortion prior to viability, should not be prohibited by law. Abortion, prior to viability. What's viability? When God made you from the moment of conception, you're viable from that very moment. There's nothing else you need to become a living, breathing human being outside the womb. At the moment of conception, you have it all. It's not like day one, you get marked. Day two, you get marked. Day three, more from finally 15 days later, you've got all the things inside you you need to become a... By the way, you cannot give spiritual life through some kind of physical model or mechanism. Do you understand? Two human beings, physical human beings, cannot truly create a brand new life. 
animals get together and they have other animals. But what they don't have is the eternal spirit. Only God. Do you see, God has to be involved every time. Do you see that? You cannot generate with a physical entity, two physical entities, a spiritual being. It just cannot happen. And that shoots evolution completely dead in the water right there, that one thing. There's no way. There's no way that physical... Do you, you understand what I'm saying? You said it before, Pastor, about a month ago. Yes, and I'm going to remind you of it. There's no way that two physical things can produce a spiritual being. God gives life to all. Let's just settle at that and go forward. Yes, that hobby horse is bitten off of, the soapbox stepped off of. Based on historical precedent, so number one, apostates face certain judgment in their unbelief and their immorality. Secondly, based on historical precedent, apostates face certain judgment for blasphemy, verse 8. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. Durst not, dared not bring a railing, against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. Now just think about that for a moment. You have people on TV rebuking the devil all the time. I'm going to send you to hell. They will rebuke you. And this Michael the archangel, the highest from what I understand of all the created beings other than perhaps Lucifer, says, I'm not going to, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, because you see how he, he understood and respected the, the authority, the power, the, the, the realm of that contention. Arrogance and ignorance, two common characteristics of religious apostasy. 1985 in March, nearly 40 years ago, 40 years ago next month, some of the leading mainline denominations established what was called the Jesus Seminar to help clear away as much of the mythology as they could regarding the Bible. 50 scholars of biblical criticism and 100 laymen founded by a man named Robert Funk they wanted to find the real Jesus in the Bible. This is a news report from 91, sometime after they got started, quoting now. Jesus never predicted he would return to earth in a second coming. A majority of the 50 Bible scholars voted March the 4th in a meeting of Jesus Seminar in Sonoma, California. For example, a key passage in Mark 13 attributed to Jesus actually was composed by at least four decades later after the crucifixion, they said, in a majority vote. The four-year-old, 125-member seminar ruled in a vote last night that Jesus did not compose the Lord's Prayer. Vernon Robbins, an Emory University religion teacher, said the group wants to encourage others to read the Bible with fresh eyes. And Arthur Dewey of Xavier University hopes people will be prodded to rethink and reimagine Christ. They can't reimagine someone they don't really know. That's what I'm saying. It's not fresh eyes, it's it's deceitful, unbelieving eyes. What they're believing is what they're. How can you vote on what God has written down? Set forth in the mind of God before the foundation of the world, and somehow you're going to say, "Well, we we vote forty to 42, 42 to forty that we don't think that God wrote that." How arrogant, blasphemous that is! But that is the Jesus seminar will be just like the dead, God is dead theologians of the seventies, dead and forgotten. Soon, they'll be dead and forgotten, just like the God is dead theologians of the 70s. Job contrasts this arrogant ignorance with the exemplary behavior of Michael the archangel. By the way, we only know one archangel named in Scripture, that is Michael. He's the angel, I believe, of the Israel people, people of Israel. 
Daniel. When Moses died, you may recall that God chose to bury Moses himself. Now, why he did that? We're just not sure. Why is the devil disputing with Michael the archangel over the body of Moses? For something for you to study, just a little side spur here, when the Antichrist is raised in the tribulation time, does Satan raise him? Or does God raise the Antichrist from the dead? Only one, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Satan does not have that power. So if the, if the Antichrist is raised in the tribulation time, who has to raise him? Just think about that for a moment. But back to our message, we find this arrogant ignorance. We find that, that, that we, we can choose what verse of the scripture, what God really said. And so Moses is going to, why does Moses have to die? Before, what's, give me a word from Moses. Why did Moses have to die? Sin. Sin, <laughs> Sin anger, disobedience. So he gets up the top of Pisgah. Mount Pisgah, you've heard that in the song, Mount Pisgah. He's up there, Nebo. And he looks to see the promised land. Uh, but no, 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 can't go. So God buries him. Isn't it interesting? 34 of Deuteronomy. At least I was just reading that today. And look what it says in 34. He's getting ready to go to heaven. <clears throat> and verse 5, what, verse 4, 34 of Deuteronomy, this is the land which I swear unto Abraham and to Isaac and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord, and he buried him in the valley of the land of Moab over against Baal Peor. Who's writing that? God, yes. What? Physical human being. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Baal Peor, but no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. And Moses was 120 years old when he died. Now, he might have written, but you see, God, maybe Joshua for just a few moments. And Moses put that together. Joshua, it's correlated by Moses. Said, how does that work? I don't have to know exactly how that works, but I'm telling you, this is what God has for us. And either Joshua or somebody added this in there. How, how, does, how does Moses know? All that? Maybe God gave him a, maybe God gave him a revelation of how it's going to come down. Anyway, the body is hidden from them. Why? Well, perhaps they're going to exhume that body and start worshiping it. Don't know. But there's this fight, if you would, between Michael and the, over the body of Moses with the devil where the apostate would say, you know what, devil, we're going to rebuke you. And Michael says, you know, I'm not even going to the Lord rebuke you. That's how important it was. And so arrogance, by the way, that comes from the assumption of Moses, an apocryphal book that is not... It's not canonical, historical, has historical and theological errors. That's why we don't have the Apocrypha in our books. The original King James and 1611 did have the Apocryphal books in it, but it's never been part of the official church canon. That is where that story comes from. They're speaking evil of dignities back over here in chapter 1 of, of Jude. Evil of dignities. They, they are despising dominion. They defile the flesh. And Michael would not even rebuke Satan. So, what also we find in what they know as natural is brute beasts and those things. 
Satan comes knocking to the, on the door. We should turn to Jesus and say, Lord, it's for you. And we get behind him because he's the one to answer the door because we should be relying upon him. If you rely upon your flesh, you're going to fail. So not only in contrast to Michael, the archangels, apostles speak, apostates speak abusively and ignorantly against things they do not understand. And secondly, they're going to be destroyed by things they do understand. Verse 10, back over in Jude. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. Before ever there was the social media theologians, there were the apostates of the New Testament. Remember, he's on a diatribe against these false teachers, these traitors. There are religious leaders across our country who promote homosexual marriage and destroy lies. They encourage abortion and they destroy the lives of our very own children here in America. Don't get me wrong, the religious radicals will speak for something. They love turtle eggs and they're about the rainforest. But, 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 but God's going to judge them because they have not followed his plan. And based on historical precedent, apostates didn't face certain judgment. And there's three quick examples in verse 11. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, greedily ran after the heir of Balaam, and perished in the gain, saying of Korah. Cain, first of all, was a self-willed humanist, for they have gone in the way of Cain, the first murderer, the first apostate. He knew what he was supposed to do, but he brought the fruit of the land, if you would, his own, the, 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 uh, the harvest of his own working, and God did not receive it. He got angry, and he killed Abel. You find then the first murderer. I think God made it very clear at the beginning that they were to offer, and without shedding of blood, there is no remission. Adam and Eve had to have animals killed in their skins, not the fig leaves, but skins. How does that happen? How does that translate today? Well, there are a lot who talk about the cross, but not the cross of atonement, it's about the cross of that's an example. Let's look at the cross. Let's look at the cross and we'll see an example, but it's 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 not the atonement. Without the cross, we don't have we don't have salvation. Without the resurrected, we have no resurrection. So they talk about the cross, but not biblically. Secondly, Balaam was a righteous religious mercenary and ran greedily. These apostates ran greedily after the Aram of Balaam for reward. Balaam's distinction was he was a he was a prophet for hire. One of the most confusing and unusual people in Scripture is this man Balaam. He, God used him to give some wonderful prophecy, but he did it, I believe. And why was he even going? And that's the question I'm, I'm wrestling with. And we're going to address sometime. Why, why was God mad at Balaam when God, when God told him to go ahead and go? And so, but these were running after the apostates. Balaam later on seduced Israel through sexual immorality. Apostates are often given are guilty on this score as well. It's a lax attitude toward fornication, adultery, living together, pornography, homosexuality. It sends a loud message to the congregations. The Catholic Church is wondering what is really right. Can two people be really united together and give a blessing upon same-sex marriage? If you're a Catholic in the Catholic Church, you wonder, am I believing the Pope or am I believing what the church teaches? Or perhaps we should go to the Bible, see what the Bible teaches. It's confusing. So when the pastor is confusing, the church is confused. Thirdly, Korah, the gainsaying of Korah. He was a rebel at heart. You'll find his story in number 16. He was not satisfied with being a Levite. He wanted to be a priest also. He says to Moses and Aaron, you take two butts upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. He thought there should be an election and that Moses should be running for election. 
God did elect Moses to lead his people. He was chosen by God. We are not to vote in. We're not to hire a pastor. You are to call a pastor who has been called to the church. Big difference. Big difference. We're to call a pastor. You know, I trust you. We're calling a pastor. We're not hiring a religious leader. We're calling a pastor. And the pastor needs to have that calling to that church. Apostates are in the church today. Talk the same way. Or we've got to change our ways. We've got, we've got to have women in charge of the churches as much as men. And by the way, churches cannot function, I don't think, without women in it. But there's certain things, a couple things, pastor being one that women are supposed to stay out of. God was clear about that. But we have more people, more women preparing for the ministry in seminaries, lots of seminaries, than we do men now. Equality. The DEI. We have companies now going bankrupt because of DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. Did you know that companies now are quietly backing away from the DEI mindset because they don't want it to be heard from those who are... Do you realize if, if wind gets out in certain circles, they will take and they will vilify... They will... What is it called now? On social media, cancel you? They will try to cancel you if you go against the culture. What, what, how does DEI shows up? It's like if you have aircraft and you have a pilot. Well, those who fall into the, the equity diversity conclusion, and if you can check off all these intersectionality and you meet all these three criteria and you can't even tell a plane from an apple butter, we're going to put you on as our pilot because you get the, you get the prize. But this person's been flying for 40 years. He's, he's gray-headed and he's had something. I don't care. This person meets the qualifications. You see how ludicrous that is? But that's where we are in society. I want a doctor. Mr. Tom's doctor was, I think, 86, somewhere around Tom, and very great doctor. 86 years old. The man has forgotten more than you and I as a church will ever know about doctoring. But a person we can be trusted. So we have this. The church, we have to go back. What does God's word say? Not what the culture says. So how do we defend ourselves as you're closing up? This is the final final. Conquer biblical illiteracy. Read your Bible. Know what the Bible says. Is that true? What does it, if it goes, that's why you have your Bibles in your hands when the preacher preaches, so you can follow along. It can be fatal, by the way. Biblical illiteracy can be fatal. And secondly, refuse cultural accommodation. Refuse cultural accommodation. We talked about it this morning. Don't buy into all what the culture says. What does God say? And thirdly, have the courage to stand if necessary. You remember Jehoshaphat and King Ahab were going to go to battle, and all the prophets said, Oh, Ahab, you're going to go. You're going to go, and you're going to win. You're going to go, and you're going to win. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there anybody here that would speak for the Lord? Well, there's one. If you must ask, Micaiah is his name, and I don't like him because he always tells me what the Lord says, and it's always never good news. When you're Ahab, you're not going to get news, good news from God for the most part, except God did. Do you know God extended his life? You remember that? He did. Call Micaiah, and the Micaiah just came to what, what does the Bible say? And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Imla, by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. For he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. Is it possible that you're not living right? <laughs> so, have the courage. Did it, did it go well with Micaiah? I don't think so. You should read the story. It may not go well with you this week. Time comes. 
and your call to stand for the Lord, may God give you the courage to stand. There are a lot in the world that will say, oh, it's not that big a deal. The uh, Methodist Church over the last two years have had to decide how big a deal the Bible is. Over 7,000 Methodist churches have left the United Methodist Church, most of them going to the global Methodist denomination. They said, you know, it is important. You know, marriage is about a man and a woman. So you and I, tomorrow, I, I've lost my day off. I now work every day. And so there we are. So I'll be going to work with you as you do Monday morning. Pastor's going to work with me. Oh, he'll have to do that now with me. Yes, five days a week now. So let's pray for one another. But God will help us all to live right for him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this Jude is a challenging book, challenging to us to understand what the word says. It is a dire warning to those who play with your word and, and, and do not hold it upright and try to turn it to their own liking. The eisegete rather than exegete of the word. Or maybe be students of your word so we can say, oh, oh. I know the Bible doesn't say that. Lord, help us to be faithful. And Lord, may we as a church, may we work together, encouraging one another. Perhaps, Lord, like the geese, who are always honking and encouraging the one who's standing out front. And then the one who's standing out front can only be in the front for so long and they back off and someone else takes the role and then that person's encouraging. And when someone goes out of the flock, they two others fly down and stay with the wounded one until he's better or he passes. And that's, that should be us. Encouraging, submitting, going forward. Lord, help us to do that as a church, as a people. May we be about your business this week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In closing, it is number... 194. 194. Thank you very much, Miss Becky. 194.